Next on MLR Weekly, Houston Sabercats star Christian Dyer. Major League Rugby headlines via John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. Previews and opinion from Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. And the MLR's best recap. Rugby Wrap-Up's MLR Weekly brought to you by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig & Whistle, New York City. The world's best rugby pub. And Lean and Limber. Stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Presented by Rugby Wrap-Up, Matt McCarthy in New York City. Thank you for joining us again. We appreciate your patronage or patronage, whatever it is. Anyway, we've got a great show. We have Mr. Christian Dyer, the star of the Houston Sabercats, who also dabbles in rugby with Team USA, 15s and 7s. We have Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News with previews, predictions, opinions. We have the league's best recap by yours truly, so take that with a grain of salt. But before we get to any of that, we have our recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with MLR News and Headlines with Mr. John Fitzpatrick, who is not wearing a cap today because he wants to show his new wig off. John, welcome. What do you got? You never get it to fit on right. How do you do it? Guy, as a bald guy, I can see that thing from miles away. It is so fake. It's like Ted Koppel in the old days on ABC News. Anyway, what do you got for us? Well, let's start in the Western Conference where the San Diego Legion won their 11th straight game, besting the mark set by New England last season. Matt, can you believe it? Despite 11 straight wins, San Diego has still not locked up the number one seed in the West. That's because the Seattle Seawolves, who are 12-2, and are only six points back with two rounds remaining in the regular season. But Matt, congrats to Seattle. They did at least clinch home field advantage in the first round if they cannot overtake San Diego for the number one seed. Matt, I don't know if you saw that match between Seattle and Utah, but that was awesome. Well, I saw I saw most of the match, but there was the sun was in my eyes a bunch of times. But seriously, uh, what battles are going on in the Western Conference? Physicality, two key players down for Seattle in Herbst and Alatimu. It'll be interesting to see how that impacts them going forward. They're already without their captain, Rickard Hatting. Uh, but those old war horses, Samu Manoa and Andrew Duratalo, certainly stepping in, filling the, filling the shoes that they're emptied right now. So, uh, yeah. Next! Quickly on the battle for the third seed in the Western Conference, Houston and Utah are still battling it out for that last playoff spot, but the Warriors trail the Sabercats by four table points. Next! Speaking of the Eastern Conference, let's talk about Old Glory DC. Congratulations, they clinched their first playoff berth in franchise history, and they eliminated Nola Gold from playoff contention. Now, to be determined is the seeding for the second and third spot, and who will host that Eastern Conference eliminator game. New York does trail DC by one table point in the Eastern Conference. Atlanta, they're not eliminated yet. But they need two bonus point wins in the next two rounds and New York to lose both of the remaining games to steal that third spot. Yeah, not going to happen. Atlanta, I don't know what's going on down there, but they've got some work to do in the offseason, certainly. And New York is now getting healthier and healthier and healthier at the right time. Old Glory just continues to do whatever is necessary to survive, and they've done it well. 
kudos to that that organization. And they're playing with house money for what the expectations were before the season. Not that they're going to settle for that, but I, I think New York's got the more favorable schedule, the more favorable lineup going forward. Next! Hey, let's talk player milestone real quickly. Utah Warriors lock Bailey Wilson, the brother of New England Free Jacks Mitch Wilson, became the youngest player in MLR history to reach 50 appearances. Matt, can you guess Bailey's age? 23 years and five months. Where did you pull that from? I'm an expert. Next! Now, let's quickly talk about this real quickly. MLR labor pressure, and I'm not talking about pregnancy here. Oh, that's a weird, that's a weird way to introduce this topic. But oh. the U.S. RPA, the collective the collective bargaining unit for the US, United States men's and women's sevens and fifteens national teams, they sent a letter to MLR last week informing the league that it will file with the National Labor Relations Board this week if MLR does not recognize U.S. RPA as the union for MLR players. Matt, I got to ask you, is all of this necessary for the long-term growth of the league? Well, one quick note is that you have to understand that if you're an American sports fan, this isn't your typical relationship between uh, the owners group and the players association because the owners here are hemorrhaging cash. That said, this is an important component to building out this league the proper way and I am all for player representation. Next! Hey, Matt, did you get invited to the All Eagles Alumni Town Hall this week? You know, although I was an eagle of media managers, I was not an eagle, so no, I did not get the invite. Of course, USA men's head coach Scott Lawrence is hosting an All Eagles Town Hall this week. Matt, I kind of like this approach of connecting past eagles with current eagles. It sounds like it should be interesting. Next! I got to apologize to the New York Ironworkers. Last week, I made fun of you for suggesting that they were going to end San Diego's win streak. And then I said, hey, the Dallas Jackers will play spoiler and beat New York. That obviously did not happen. So pie in the face. Pie in the face. And uh, hey, that's the beauty of this league. Any given Sunday or Saturday or Friday like this week or even some Thursdays, any team can win. Next! Matt, that's all I got. I'm excited for the last two rounds of the regular season. All right, Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning with his coffee break, once again, nailing it. Thank you, John. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go away because before we look forward with Christian Dyer and Brian Ray, we got to look back with the league's best recap with yours truly. At Silverbacks Park in Georgia, the state, not the country, Rugby ATL faced the daunting task of having to win. But they had to win against the division's best team, the New England Free Jacks. Despite having clinched home field advantage throughout the playoffs, the Black Jackals kept their foot on the gas and punished the Ruggers, formerly known as the Rattlers, in what used to be known as the Snake Pit. Indeed, the Quincyites were dominant in the scrums and on the scoreboard as MLR Weekly favorite Cam Davidowitz joined four of his teammates in collecting five tries. Final score, 35-14 as Coach Scott Matthew and company continue their torrid run. In the Big Easy, things have been difficult for the NOLA goal. 
and it just got worse as rival Old Glory DC made history at the gold mine on airline with their first ever win over the gold and secured their first ever playoff berth in the process. The visitors from the nation's capital didn't make it easy on themselves, picking up 16 penalties and a yellow card, but they did what they needed to do, getting five tries from five different players, including former NOLA enforcer and steal of their defense, Kyle Bailey. New Orleans faces a hard offseason as DC revels in their new glory. Yeah, new glory. Final score, 28 15. At York Lions Stadium in Chirana, the beleaguered Arrows face down the Houston Sabercats who are trying to claw their way into the Western Conference playoffs. Five Sabercats accounted for six tries, including one by this week's guest, Vice Captain Christian Dyer, who has played 80 minutes of every match this season. Truly, that cat has more than nine lives. Late season pickup and fellow USA Rugby star Joe Taupatee also crossed the whitewash as Houston took care of business and got a key bonus point win on the road. Final score, 48-26. Side note, Danny Barrett had 18 meters kicking in what might have been a dry run for a potential appearance in the MLR Shield Championship, the San Diego Legion went into Chicago Hounds territory, AKA Seat Geek Stadium. But it was stat geeks like James Dealey and the Yee Brothers of Fantasy Ruckers that got excited about five players scoring six tries for San Diego, replicating what the Sabercats did. That's never been done before. The Legion also continued their record-breaking winning streak with no signs of slowing down, especially the mercurial Nate Augsburger, who had 131 meters on the ground after appearing on this show. Final score, 36-14 San Diego. On the border of the Boogie Down Bronx, the Dallas Jackals and New York Ironworkers engaged in a, wait for it, tooth and nail battle. Badumcha. For the visitors, it was Louis Satima that temporarily quieted the raucous New York crowd with the first try of the match. But the Iron Workers went to work. Dylan the Butcher Fawcett used 76 appearances and the requisite skill set to help set up the likes of hometown hero Connor Buckley, who scored two tries, and Teofilo Fido electrified the crowd with one of his own in the process. Despite the scrappy jackals holding the statistical advantage, New York comes away with a much needed bonus point win, 43 to 14. In Tequila, Washington, just south of Seattle, the Utah Warriors and Seattle Seawolves locked fins and feathers in a pivotal Western Conference match. The Starfire faithful got their money's worth and more in this battle of heavyweights who have been one of the league's best rivalries. The visitors were formidable in lineouts and at the breakdown as the home team saw mainstay Rhino Herbst join Captain Rikert Hatting on the injured list. But the Seawolves were heroic in defense with 276 tackles led by Ronan Foley's 28 as McInerney and Havili combined to run for over 468 yards or 428 meters. That's a ton either way. 
but long-toothed Seawolves, Samu Manoa and Andrew Duratalo continue to counter-ruck Father Time and Seattle got the best of the Warriors, 27-20. We all need a break. Let's take a break. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. Hey, you need rugby cleats and you need them tomorrow? Well, RugbyNow.com. www.RugbyNow.com. If you order them today at 3 p.m. or by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they have youth cleats, male and female. They have adult cleats, male and female. You can have them by tomorrow if you order them today, 3 p.m. New York time, noon L.A. time in the United States. RugbyNow.com. Go off, yeah. Hit the ground and then go off, yeah, yeah. Run it, run it, ooh. I really feel it's my time, think it's my year, yeah, yeah. I really feel it's my time, think it's my year, yeah, yeah. I really feel it's my time, think it's my All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. And we have a special guest. We have none other than the star in the backfield of the Houston Sabercats, Mr. Christian Dyer. Many of you might recognize him. Christian, welcome to MLR Weekly. Thank you for having me. I'm, uh, I'm stoked to be here. I'm going to ask you three questions. You're only allowed to answer with one word. Your car breaks down on the highway. It's 3 a.m. It's a blizzard. You have no gas. Your cell phone battery is dead. And inexplicably, the only clothing that you're wearing is your match day kit and cleats. Your situation is? Dire. Curiously, one of your favorite bands is Led Zeppelin, and one of your favorite all-time songs is Blank Maker. Dire. <laughs> see where we're going with this. I think, you know, you're pretty good. We're two for three. Two, two for three. Let's see if you can go three for three, ladies and gentlemen. This is a tough one. Your 10-year-old female chocolate lab has started to turn gray, yet you have her lined up to be in a high-paying commercial for dog food, but they don't want her gray. What do you do? Die her. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely perfect. How long wow. did it take you to come up with those? I, you know, it's it's my insanity, and uh, yeah, that's 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 because what we they're do here. so creative. That's what we do here on on MLR Weekly. I would so, probably guess you haven't been asked those three questions before. I can't say I haven't. I'll be <laughs> certain that I never will ever again. All right, so let's talk about your rugby career a little bit. Uh, how did you start playing rugby? Sacramento, just a big like youth presence of rugby, and so Jesuit. Jesuit was high school. I started in the sixth grade. Oh, wow. I was, I was bouncing around from every other sport in the spring. I always played football in the fall. And a family friend just told my dad, hey, bring Christian out one day. And I went out to Land Park Motley, and, and I really, really enjoyed it. And if you look at where I'm at now versus where I was at, you know, then you would have never, never seen, you know, that transition or, or, or that trajectory. But uh, I stuck with it, went to Jesuit. Obviously, has a has a rich history and tradition of, of rugby, and was just submersed in a in a great environment that really really bred high caliber players in in America. And junior year, 
uh, was fortunate to go represent the U.S. in the under 17, under 18 level and played in London, England at Rosen Park Sevens. And I think that's ultimately what kickstarted the dream of, of playing rugby at a professional level and, and hopefully one day at the international level. And um, from potentially going to West Point, you know, the military academy, that changed to where can I go play, play rugby at the highest level in college. The transition from high school to college to then – I guess the national team before professional team, what was the biggest jump for you? Well, I think number one, it was, I've never played wing in my life. I, I grew up playing fly half and, and outside center for oh, really? you know, eight, 10 years. And then when I, when I jumped into the USA setup, I was, I was immediately thrown out on the wing. And so the biggest hurdle and biggest obstacle was just understanding positional play. And I mean, it, it even came down to where the heck do I stand when there's a, when there's a scrum. Like you just understand in field play and, and, you know, then it comes down to kick chase and getting up for the, the ball in the air and aerial skills and whatnot. It, it just, I had to open up the toolbox and, and start sharpening some tools that I never really thought I had to have. Well, that's pretty cool though, because somebody recognized the fact that, okay, maybe he's not going to be the scrum half or what did you just say? Fly half too. Yep. And then move you out to the wing. But how did you fight the board move? boredom of playing on the wing after being the guy that was handling the ball all the time oh, I just started to really fall in love with with chasing kicks and, and understanding that those could uh those could win games big plays restarts and such and you've made that transition very well with, in, with the Sabercats so all right so when you first got the call to be on Team USA did you think okay I'm on my way to being a professional it, it was a, it was an interesting time because it was during COVID. And so, you know, Mike Friday originally said, Hey, you, if you expedite your graduation from Berkeley, we'll bring you down here full time. And I was like, let's, let's do it. That's, that's a dream of mine. I always wanted to play for the U S play sevens and, and hopefully represent country at the Olympics and went down and played in a tournament in LA. And unfortunately I didn't get the nod and didn't get selected to go to the Olympics. But the next day I was on a plane to, to London, England at 7 30 AM to go represent the U S yeah. 15 style of the game. And it just came with, it was such a whirlwind. There was honestly no time to think. And I took it one game at a time. And, and it's really, it's been a dream. And um, once I made that transition at 15s, I knew I wanted to stick with it and, um, you know, move to the professional side of things. That, that's amazing. But I'm stuck on the, the fact that Mike Friday's charm got you to leave college early. It, that's that's no easy task getting to somebody oh you know come on get out of college early and come to work it wasn't planned I I always thought I was gonna do five years that was that was the plan I was gonna stick to it and then COVID just threw a wrench in it and there was so much uncertainty with the college landscape of rugby where getting to go play full-time coming back from an ACL injury I mean I was about 13 months out of that and I knew I needed to be in a this high performance environment in the college, you know, rugby landscape wasn't looking too good at that point. So um, it was a tough decision. One of the harder ones I've ever had to make, but I'm happy I did it. And the college rugby landscape, although it's a bit splintered right now, is growing and getting better and expanding and providing maybe a stepping stone for other players than just from the traditional colleges like Cal and, and St. Mary's. And you're seeing different schools come out like Davenport you know, it's 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 a pretty cool time in American rugby, despite our struggles, you know, maybe uh, in the executive offices or whatever, which we don't have to get bogged down in. But, uh, you know, going back 10, 15 years, 
you know, the sleeping giant, I hate that cliche, but it, if, if it's not awakened or awakening, it's certainly stirring. And to see guys like you playing from sixth grade on is pretty impressive. Did you have a favorite Eagle growing up? Yeah, it's, it was, uh, it was our good friend, Blaine Scully. Blaine was, uh, I mean, I've known the guys. Since Future I, Senator Blaine Scully. Yeah, no kidding. My, my dad built their, their family home when I was like six. And he wasn't playing rugby at that point. He was playing basketball and water polo at Jesuit, the high school we went to. And I would always go watch, watch their games. And so he was kind of the, just this, this guy that I always looked up to. And then when he was introduced to rugby and started playing at, at Cal and then moving on to the national team and moving overseas, that's when I was like, yeah, that's, that's an inspiration of mine, guy that I look up to and definitely some shoes that I, I wanted to try to fill. That's cool. And what about on the professional level? Did you have any, uh, any exposure to, to professional leagues across the seas? Um, yeah, no. I mean, there's been a couple opportunities when I don't think I was ready to, to make the transition, but I've always looked up to the guys like Owen Farrell and then, um, you know, debuting against Marcus Smith when he debuted for England. That's, that's a guy that I, that I look up to and, and I love watching him play. And it's, it's cool to see a guy that's my age taking it to such new heights I think one day I'd, I'd love to get that opportunity to go play elsewhere. After rugby. Yep. What is Christian Dyer doing? Uh, if I'm not a professional pickleball player. That would be I, pretty cool. I'm decent. I'm decent. I think I need a couple more lessons, but there's been some crossover athletes that have, have taken up pickleball at professional level. I'm thinking about it, but no, I mean, in all seriousness, I think I want to stay somewhat in, in, in the world of sports, whether that's working for a big organization like F1 PGA doing a lot of traveling and working in events um, I love people. I love creating experiences. I love high energy environments. Um, and if I'm not doing that, maybe it's in some sort of brand sponsorships or, or agency side. Um, I'm always an advocate for creating lives outside of the, you know, the, the field or the court for athletes while they're playing some potentially helping young athletes build a personal brand or build a business outside of their sport while they're playing. All right, Christian, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you got to hop, uh, and it's always a pleasure talking to you, checking in with you, and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. We'll be right back after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? I'm Conrado Raura, and you are watching MLR Weekly. And we are back with the esteemed, renowned, Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. Brian, welcome back to MLR Weekly. Well, it's been an exciting weekend. It's glad to be here to uh, 
look at what's coming next. To sort through all the blood and and bones and carnage. That's what you're here for, Brian. But actually, no, not to look back, but to look forward. But any thoughts on what you saw in particular? Well, the playoff picture is, you know, pretty well almost taken care of at this point. I mean, we know exactly who's going to be playing in the East now. And we know mostly who's playing in the West. There's two questions left to ask. Is it going to be Old Glory or New York hosting that uh, Eastern Eliminator? And is it going to be Hey, New York's not in it yet. New York's not in it yet. Uh, ATL has exactly zero chance of actually getting in there. Everybody knows that. Come on. Uh, These are the Rattlers. Oh, wait, they're not the Rattlers. The, the team formerly known as the Rattlers are out, are out. Let's not, uh, you know, I gave them absolutely zero chance of, of, of coming up with that ridiculous mathematical improbability that they could actually do it. We got plenty to talk about ahead of us with a Friday Night Lights match. Houston hosting your old glory. These guys. There it is. There it is. Those On guys cue. back there. Uh, first of all, congratulations to Old Glory DC. Headed to the playoffs for the first time. I did not predict that heading into I did. this season. Thank you very much, well, Brian. Well Thank done. I, I owe you a maple glazed donut for that yeah. one. I guess I owe one to, to Mr. Sheehy and Dunlavey, uh, both of them as well. Old Glory DC heading into face a pretty tough team. The Sabercats who just made mincemeat of my arrows. Those uh, Sabercat guys. Really did a number on them. Uh, this is a tough one. Here's like, Old Glory doesn't have to win this one. They would like to win this one. They don't have to win this one. Houston kind of does have to win this one because they still got Utah hot in their heels. They have the advantage now thanks to that weekend. So they're four points up. Um, you know, if they can get another win out of this, they're sitting in pretty good position, but certainly there's more p- uh, pressure on them heading into this one. And at home, I got to think that they're just going to have just enough to get this done. I think this is going to be a great game. Looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to go with Houston in this one in a really tight contest. It's Dallas hosting the NOLA gold. I, I think Dallas has more to play for here. They're playing at home. They want to get a win, at least one win out of these last two games. NOLA did nothing to, of, of any note against uh, against DC. I mean, it is totally flat at home. I was totally unimpressed. I'm going to pick Dallas to win this game. I'm with you, and I got to call that game Dallas-New York and meet those guys in person. They want to win. They came in there. They were ready to play. They wanted to play. I mean, they're up against it in certain areas, right? But their back row is very impressive with Gomez Vara and Rura and Boyson and they've got some good talent throughout that lineup and I like what they're doing down there and then we've got Atlanta welcoming in New York ATL who there's a minuscule mathematical chance they can turn this around I have no uh, you know no thoughts whatsoever that they'll actually do that so this is the match where they formally get eliminated I expect New York to win this one on the road and start to, you know turning up that the dial a bit as they head towards the postseason uh, Utah hosting Chicago. Uh, Utah, they need to win this one. This is an absolute must win, and they need to get a bonus point win out of this. Now, they got a, a pretty significant uh, kind of boost to the squad with Paul Lasique coming back uh, earlier than expected. He was supposed to be out for the season. Here he is coming off the bench, and he made an impact against uh, Seattle. So uh, I think that's a big boost for them. Utah at home, uh, knowing that they have to get the job done, uh, I, I think they will. And then the next match we have is your arrows. Hosting San Diego. San Diego steamrolls Toronto uh, easily in this one. 
Toronto at this point. I think most fans are just waiting for the merciful end of this season, to be honest. All right, then next we've got your Seattle Seawolves hosting your New England Free Jacks. This is a tough one to call. You know what? I, I might have to go with my New England Free Jacks, the other the only Canadian hopes left in this one to, to win an upset on the road. Um, I don't know. Uh, personally, I think this is a coin toss decision. I'm going to go with New England because because they're Canadian. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be close. On that note, I want to thank Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. I want to thank Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. And I want to thank Mr. Christian Dyer of the Houston Sabercats. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Please check out our other shows, including the Rugby Odds, the critically acclaimed Rugby Odds, the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. It will kill you. And please join our American Red Cross blood donor team.